What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm no good at taking good advice And I'm self-careless, so don't tell me twice That lately I've been so stuck in my head That I forget just about everything my therapist said Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe we are all self-helpless Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher and I'm joined by an incredible guest today. M. Scholes is here and is the co-host of the very popular Paranormal and True Crime Podcast and that's why we drink and co-author of the New York Times bestselling book, A Haunted Road Atlas and... One of my BFFs. Uh, do people even say BFFs anymore? I don't know. Besties. I don't. Great friend of mine. Um, and today we're talking about M's personal experience with ADHD, all of the feelings that can come with receiving that diagnosis as an adult. M shares their favorite ADHD hacks for jumpstarting motivation, getting chores done, for self care. There's just so many good ones. Also, how ADHD can impact a relationship and lots more. I got to say, these tips that M shares are brilliant. Whether you are neurodivergent or not, they're just great life hacks that we can all use to just have more ease in our day, make things more accessible and feel more manageable. I loved them. Also, I want to mention that if you're looking for an overview on what ADHD is and what it isn't, the process of receiving a diagnosis, options for treatment and management, you can check out our episode with Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, who shares all of that, um, including what she thinks ADHD should even be renamed in order to make it more accurate with the ADHD experience. It's such a fascinating episode uh, with Dr. Sarkis, so be sure to check that out if you want to learn more about ADHD. And I have to take a moment to give this community a huge shout out because a few years ago, we asked all of you on Instagram what podcasts or podcasters we should have on Self Helpless. 
And several of you mentioned the podcast and that's why we drink. So we had Em and Christine on. And then after recording, Em and I found out that we live pretty close to each other and cut to now three years later or however long it's been, we've become such good friends. We have a regular tea time at my place where we catch up, we pull oracle cards, we laugh our asses off. Uh, we just do all the fun, woo-woo, silly things. Um, we spent Halloween together recently. I just sincerely want to thank you all because we get so much feedback about how certain episodes or guests or tips shared on the podcast have impacted your life. And I just want to remind you that you all have impacted my life so much too. And you just seriously nail your recommendations. And I wouldn't have this wonderful friend in my life if you hadn't shared who you thought would be an awesome guest to have on the podcast. So thank you for participating in those polls and survey type of things and being collaborative with the podcast. And that way it really means a lot. Um, Okay, so we got a, a quick quotable here. We have a quote that was submitted by one of our patrons over at Patreon. And this was submitted by Jason. And it's a Gandhi quote. And it says, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Mm. Such a, I'm going to read that again. Let's let this sink in. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Oh, Jason, what a great one. This is such a good reminder. Um, this one really resonates with me so much. I think about the times in my life where I felt like, I don't know, maybe the most empty or stressed or lost Uh, or whatever it might be. Um, It's those times where I wasn't really, like, to be honest, I wasn't really focused on helping other people in some way, or at least regularly or consistently. Um, I think it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in what's best for me. What do I want? What do I need? We very much live in a society of me, 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 me. And what we really need is connection, connection to ourselves with other people having a purpose of some kind that you feel good about, um, you know, something that makes you feel like you're doing some good in the world. Um, And when you feel disconnected, I mean, you could have a bunch of money and all the shiny objects that you could ever want. But if you are not showing up for other people in some way, just doesn't feel good. Like, what's the point? You know, what are we doing things for just to benefit ourselves? Like, how boring is that? Doing kind things for other people makes us feel good. There's a huge benefit to serving others. They've even done studies on this. So there's scientific backing now on how it actually improves our well-being when we do acts of kindness for other people. And I think that's why we hear like the same story over and over again of, you know, how the rich executive who worked their way up the ladder and held out, had all the money and notoriety and things that they thought they wanted, things they thought would make them happy yet they got there and they felt empty and ended up, you know, making a change, getting reconnected with themselves, contributing in a different way. So anyway, I obviously love this quote because I just went on a 30 minute tangent about it. So thank you, Jason, for submitting that. You can submit quotes that get read on the show as well at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. We would love to have you over there. There's a bunch of different kind of interactive rewards and stuff like that. And one more thing uh, before we get into it, I have an email list that you can join where I share career and media opportunities, different tips and resources, um, as well as private podcast episodes about mindfulness and creativity. Lots of inspiring interviews over there with people who have 
carved out a really unique career path for themselves. You know, like they're not just one thing. It's a, it's a lot of discussion around being a multi-hyphenate and how to navigate having several interests and streams of revenue and all of that. I've, you know, I've chatted with everybody from a writer who writes queer vampire novels to a yachty who travels the world, a magician who also has a nonprofit helping refugees. I mean, just really cool stuff that gets the creative juices flowing and, and helps you figure out how you can um, really utilize all the things that you care about, your values, your interests, and how to create outlets for them. So you can find all of that for free at my website, DelaneyFisher.com. That's D-E-L-A-N-I-E-F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. Would love to have you over there. Um, all right, everybody. Here's my conversation with M. M, I am so excited to chat with you today. I fucking love you. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I'm so glad this is it's humble beginnings or it, however it is because we met on this podcast. I know. I was just telling everybody in the intro for the episode. I love how we met because we had asked our Instagram following or something like, "Hey, what uh, what podcasters should we have on the show?" and and that's why we drink came up more than once, many times. <laughs> and uh, so we did. And I mean, this community nails it. Like they just they know us so well. And since you've been on the show, that was like a few years ago, right? Yeah, that was. I think three years ago. So weird. We've become great friends. So they just... I know. I mean, they crushed it. I mean, just like another incredible thing that wouldn't be happening if it weren't for this podcast that I love so much. I f- have you... Did you tell them about our, our weekly tea times? Oh, would you? you? Oh, oh, would you like to? Please share. I, I would love to. I've already done it on my own podcast, by the way. I've given <laughs> Self Help was quite a few shout outs talking about my Thursday tea times. Um... <laughs> No, we've become like, this is proof that we're real friends. It's oh, not yeah. like, oh, we, we text every now and then. Yes. No, we've, uh, we have a standing appointment every Thursday. I guess it's changing yeah. now with your life changing a, a little bit. But yeah. Um, yeah, every Thursday, Delaney and I get together. We drink some tea. We pull some tarot cards. We, <laughs> we you know, so end fun. up talking for hours on end. You know, it's lovely I love it's it. my favorite part of every week so. it's seriously a, it's a magical time and uh yeah I mean uh it's just the freaking best um so should we get into it yes you picked me for exactly the right content because I could talk about I could talk about this for a million as you know every Thursday I end up talking <laughs> about it at some point so and we go off on a lot of tangents I mean we don't know what's about to happen but we will get around to the point <laughs> I'm going to try my point. best to stay professional, so I'm going to try. Please don't, and Please don't. <laughs> It'll be a better show if you don't. Okay, um, cool. Well, I did. I, I know you're more type A than I am, so I, I took notes, which doesn't happen quite often. I am so. honored. I am mm-hmm. honored that you did that. Okay. I tried. I wanted to make sure that I, I you know, kept this as uh, educational as possible. Incredible. Well, do you, should we just start with, would you mind sharing a bit about your experience with ADHD when you found out you had it and just how the discovery overall has impacted you? Hmm. Yeah, that's, thank you for the broad question. So any tangent I go off on is acceptable. <laughs> yeah. um, so I didn't know that I had ADHD until uh, COVID and I went on TikTok and I feel like a lot of people these days are getting like diagnosed over TikTok, which feels 
Oh, wrong. Yeah. Medically wrong. TikTok is like everyone's doctor these days. It's, you're not the first person is. that I've heard say that. Yeah. And it's it's it saved my life. I, I mean, it, wow. I um, I, I always thought that I was like quirky and eccentric and nope. Every part of me is just a symptom of ADHD and nobody caught it uh, ever. Um, and I ended up. I, th- I think I was dealing with like my own version of self-diagnosis because even though I thought it was quirky and fun, uh, I also thought like, oh, maybe am I like manic? Am, am I depressed? Like, am I what? Like what? I was trying to pull from like the five, you know, mental health things I'd heard of. Yeah. And with the magic of TikTok and it its own algorithm pointed me in the right direction eventually i found videos on adhd which i wasn't even looking for um, oh really it, okay. yeah that, uh Interesting. so i i wasn't i had no idea it wouldn't have even occurred to me that i had adhd because i didn't know anything about it um i think all of us kind of hear the stereotype of like oh you get distracted and like oh squirrel you know um but you know i that was never my issue at least it wasn't the biggest issue i was having so i didn't think about it and when I went on TikTok, I just landed on a bunch of videos that brought me to, <laughs> with every video, I was like, uh-oh, this is sounding way too familiar, way too familiar. And I ended up becoming friends with a lot of uh, ADHD content creators where their whole thing is just educating you on, <laughs> you might have this thing. Okay. Uh, and when I was a kid, I I never really struggled with it. It really, I or at least I didn't know I was struggling with it. In hindsight, there are so many elements of my life from like, oh, that was a symptom. Oh, that was ADHD. And so I'm I'm actually having to redefine my own identity because I really thought there were so many parts of me that were unique. All ADHD. Okay. So what kind of like, you mentioned the quirks and stuff like that. What did you think was just, this is my personality and now you're, you're finding out that it's ADHD. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, well, I, I just didn't have the vocabulary for it at the time, but now I can say that I, I was dealing with a lot of hyperfixations, which is just okay. um, having an interest, like a really intense interest that you can't get over for a very small amount of time. And after that window, you just don't want to do anything with it ever again. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, so like I would get really into a certain arts and crafts for like three weeks and I would buy all these materials and tools. Cause I would think this is my, this is my new thing. This is my calling. I'm going to make it my career. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, I was like, how do I go to will this stuff? I'm never going to touch it again. Um, so that was one thing that I still deal with constantly. Um, I have really intense sleep issues, um, where I'm essentially nocturnal, um, and I, but apparently that's a symptom of ADHD because you either forget to go to bed or you're so intensely fixated on certain things. You end up just staying up all night or, um, I had racing thoughts. I never shut up as you know, um, which I had <laughs> no either. idea. 
thought I, I thought I, I thought I had ADHD because of a lot of this, but yeah, go on. <laughs> we have we have talked about it privately. We yes. are like, so tell me more about this. I'm a little, <laughs> taking uh, notes, furiously <laughs> taking notes. I've always had issues with prioritizing yeah. anything. It's been uh, really hard my whole life to do any like self care tasks. Um, everything feels really daunting if it's a task I don't want to do, um, which I feel like I, before ADHD or before knowing about it, I thought, oh, well, I'm just lazy or, oh, well, I'm, I, maybe I'm depressed. I really thought I had, I had depression because I couldn't get out of bed sometimes. And that's usually the key indicator that you're depressed, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't that I had like intrusive negative thoughts about myself. It was just that I couldn't get out of bed because I was paralyzed by the thought of having to do something I didn't want to do like my brain wasn't letting me accomplish things that seemed overwhelming and um yeah and there's a there's a whole slew of symptoms that I could get into there's three types of ADHD there's hyperactive there's inattentive and then what I have lucky me is the combined one mm, so I have both combo of mm-hmm. hot combo <laughs> yeah winner winner Thanks. and so I uh it's a lot of times there it's easier for people to spot it in uh, people who were born male. Just mm-hmm. chemically, ADHD shows itself more as a physical hyperactivity. And so that's why you see a bunch of little kids getting diagnosed, especially little boys getting diagnosed with, you know, they run around and they can't sit in their seat and they're a distraction in class. And so a lot of boys uh, get diagnosed early therefore they get treated therefore it if with medication or therapy it's not as difficult of a struggle for some of them I don't want to say that like men don't you know suffer with ADHD but um, it's just people are looking out for it more when it comes to boys whereas if you are born female a lot of people get diagnosed later in life and so that's because we don't have the hyperactive gene. It's the, the way that our brain works with ADHD is that we're much more mentally hyperactive. So we have just like a constant stream of overlapping thoughts. We blurt things out because we can't wait for someone to finish a sentence. We, uh, our hyperfixations, are, you know, is, is another mental thing. Um, and so it just doesn't get diagnosed more, which means if you're born female, you have kind of different secondary symptoms like having to deal with a lot of shame when you look back on your childhood and you're like oh if only someone had been helping me or if there were supports for this then I could have maybe done better in school or I would have learned how to do this better so uh it's it's a wide range of things that can happen to you once you've been diagnosed but um personally when I first got diagnosed I had to deal with a lot of anger because I felt resentment towards uh, sorry, by the way, I'm aware that like you are having me on, but I'm also aware that I'm talking a lot. No, please, ironic, please. But- this is, you're, you're, you're hitting a lot of questions and follow-up <laughs> questions that I had for you about this. So please keep once going. I stop, <laughs> once I stop talking, you'll be like, well, I didn't prepare anything else. So I guess we can go. Um, uh, I had to deal with a lot of anger and resentment because I was like, how was I just like a walking symptom of ADHD and nobody diagnosed me? I've been in and out of therapy mm. since I was a kid nobody suggested I had ADHD. My mom, who is like an overprotective helicopter Jewish woman who wants to diagnose me with anything, like never picked up on ADHD. And so, and because of it, I mean, I I remember struggling a lot in school and I just thought like, oh, well, I'm just not motivated because this is a class I don't like. But 
the the level of lack of motivation was apparently not what everybody else was dealing with. I mean, it felt like someone was telling me to climb Mount Everest to read a book. Like it was just like impossible to do things. Yeah. And um so I have had to think back on all the what ifs. Like what if I had extra support in schooling or what if people were helping me through this then would I have gotten into a better college what would my life look like would I uh you know now I struggle with a lot of uh impulsive behaviors like eating or you know I have a lot of uh self-care task issues and I'm like well you know would my health be better if I had gotten help earlier so it's a it quickly spirals you know right so you kind of mentioned how like um you used to maybe think, oh, this is depression. Like, what was your what was your identity before you knew you had ADHD around, like, why you would stop, like, start and stop different creative tasks and stuff? Did you just, was it like, oh, I just haven't figured out my thing yet, or this is also depression? Like, was there anything else you were considering about yourself before you realized? I, uh, you know, I thought it was depression because I was having a hard time getting out of bed. I thought, uh... I mean, I didn't have any other words for it, so I just kind of went with maybe I'm lazy, which I now like that word is like such a privileged word if you aren't dealing with something like this. It's like I don't I wish I was lazy, but unfortunately, I'm like it's this is a debilitating thing keeping me from doing something. I also um I thought that you know, maybe I just gave up quickly with things like because there's just no way you master something in three weeks, right? So like, yeah. if I didn't ace it within a certain amount of time, I was I would just give up and try something else until I, you know, was perfect at it in three weeks, which never happened. So I just kept bouncing from hobby to hobby. Um, I thought, I don't know. I kind of wondered like if there was like, there were moments where I thought maybe I was bipolar, but that was me going off of like stereotypical things of like, Maybe I'm up at three in the morning painting my house because I'm manic. And it's like, well, maybe I'm not manic. Maybe I just am bored. Like, I never felt manic. And then again, yeah. you know, I don't know enough about mania to, to, to step on that. But there were there were signs where I was like, these are things that other people don't do. Like, people go to bed before 3 a.m. And they certainly don't think, let's start a project at 3 a.m. Mm. But um, I've had to with a lot of therapy, I've had to rewire myself to give myself some compassion and just be like, maybe you're just more nocturnal than most people. And maybe you just thrive at night and uh, not to get all, you know, leftist, except I'm going to get all leftist. (laughs) I've been dealing a lot, which I've told you uh, with my, with my therapist is looking a lot more into the systems of our country, looking into um, things that I had, things that I have experienced shame for my whole life over are actually elements of capitalism. And I was being told there was, there's something that was wrong with me for staying up at 3am, even though that's my natural clock. And it's like, no, it's just like the world is telling me I have to be prepared for a nine to five and maybe my body just operates differently than what society decided a couple decades ago. So right. um, it's it's very interesting to be giving myself uh, space to forgive myself and to realize that maybe some things like aren't worth being mad at. Maybe there's just systems in place that my brain doesn't 
want to work with and I'm in a really privileged like space where I can operate at 3 a.m. instead of have to go to bed to be up by nine. Right. Um, so it's finding new workarounds and blaming the man instead of myself has been very useful. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's, it sounds like a lot of different things have come up for you around this, whether it's like you're dealing with the the resentment and the what ifs, but you're also maybe leaning more into self-acceptance because now you mm-hmm. know what's going on. You've been working with a therapist. What do you feel have been like your biggest gains and losses with this? If you had to, if you might not oh. have an answer for that, but oh, I do. love your perspective. Don't worry. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, uh, the best things to come out of it, I'll start with the, the worst things. Cause, um, I don't want to end on a, like <laughs> on the sour note with this question. Um, I, one thing that I've learned with ADHD or now that I'm learning more about it, I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but I think people who are dealing with more debilitating versions of it might agree. Um, but just speaking for myself, ADHD in a lot of ways, I think, is like the silent killer. Like, I think mm. a lot of people think, oh, you're just distracted. And really, it's I can't remember to, you know, do basic tasks. I can't remember to brush my teeth. And if that happens long enough, guess who has periodontal disease one day? And like, right. uh, I can't remember to make doctor's appointments. So I find out later than people that there might be something going on with my body or I don't remember even small things. I don't, I don't remember to put lotion on. And so now I'm aging faster than my friends, like just tiny things that, you know, in the macro world, like it all of a sudden it it presents itself later or like I often forget to eat. And so then when I do eat, I binge eat. And so there's a, a very big overlap between people with ADHD and people with disordered eating or, um, apparently another symptom I was not aware of, but I've always said like my my food vice, it's not like sweets or salty stuff, but I really like carbs. I just love carbs. Mm. Apparently that's a symptom because carbs are dopamine rich food and that's wow. what people with ADHD crave. And so there's a big link between ADHD and diabetes or um, a lot of people with ADHD are have impulsive behaviors and that includes being more vulnerable to addiction and that includes overeating or eating addiction. So um I mean, there's just so many things that it leads to that you wouldn't even think about. And a lot of people wouldn't think like, oh, you died by ADHD. But there's a lot of things that today, if I don't do them and I continue to not do them every day, one day ADHD is going to be the reason that I couldn't find something out earlier about myself and and be more preventative or be more active in, in stopping something worse. So and that's a probably a big stretch for people. That's how I personally feel about it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, um, that's yeah, and, that's huge. I mean, I wouldn't think about all of the things that can happen because of like I guess executive functioning, right? Yeah, struggles with executive functioning, and how you might think, oh, somebody's just late to appointments, you know. But it's like, yeah, when you when you put it that way, of like, yeah, you forget to schedule doctors and the things that. Um, yeah. other, other people might do pretty effortlessly that impact their health. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a really, that's huge. Yeah. There have been, this is not meant to be a, a pity party, but I, I do, I wish someone told me like the reality of it because when I first 
realized I had ADHD, I went like, oh, okay, what what an, a fun additional quirk. And now it's like, oh, that's the reason for all of these things. And that's not to, you know, put blame on myself where it's like due. Like, I'm not trying to like just, you know, uh, evade blame uh, or evade sure. fault. But there are moments where I think back and I'm like, oh, that's why I, I operated this way. I didn't know why at the time. Like, I've lost friends because I couldn't keep up and keep in touch with them and I like I just can't answer a text I'm really bad with my phone um and eventually some people are just like you know what like you're really hard to get a, a hold of I'm, I'm out and so uh yeah. and in my brain I was like why couldn't I just text them back why couldn't I just call them back and now I understand why or there were times when I was younger I, I don't do this anymore and this isn't a recent thing if you're listening mom but uh at one point I was getting eviction notices because I just couldn't pay rent and I would get, there were, I would get mail from collection agencies and, and the additional shame of knowing that I'm failing, even though I'm trying and it's not enough. Now that I also owe collection agencies was just like double the task that I already wasn't doing. So the, the irony was just, I mean, meant for comedy, I guess, but um, wow. There are and, just so and then many that probably that... causes depression too, right? Where yeah. it's like you weren't actually depressed, it was ADHD, but now you are depressed because of all the things that are happening externally. Yeah, ADHD and shame definitely are best friends a lot of times where when you realize that you're working very hard at something and still not doing enough and there's reminders like, oh, now you have gum disease because you weren't brushing your teeth or, oh, now you, I don't know, have some issue that could have been resolved if you were going to doctors six months ago, but you couldn't make the call to make an appointment or, oh, you lost your friends. Like there are things like that where every time you think back, you're like, oh, well, you know, it's my fault because I couldn't do this. And it, it's, they're always such simple tasks when you think about it in the past, like, oh, I could have just answered a text, but it was, it was so much more at the time. So yeah, there, it definitely, um, can, if not, if you don't already have depression, it could certainly lead to that, I, I imagine. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Good things. Yeah. The good yeah. things. <laughs> Speaking of depression, we'll put a little okay. cherry on top of the shit pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to like just totally like, it's like, let me absolutely no, this ruin This is so the important because I think there's just so many misconceptions about ADHD and and uh, what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. And no, this is so great. Thank you for seriously yeah. digging deep and sharing all that. It's very helpful. No, I mean, I, I scream it at you every time I see you. So it, this just feels like a Thursday. So um, uh, good things. So uh, because of my hyperfixations, uh, they're always fucking wild like it's not just like oh i like i don't know apples or watching a tv show like it's it's like i don't know why yeah. i said apples but um <laughs> I mean, it's like uh instead it's like i'm gonna learn how to tuft carpet and it's three in the morning um oh and i'm like this what is my does moment that mean? what is tufting carpet by the way i mean it's like buying suggestive. a loom and like figure and like tracing out something on on carpet on flooring like and then and then taking carpet out of a carpet gun and drawing it out and building a carpet and then shearing it wow. like wow uh, so wild specific task. yeah yeah a wild task that only like niche tradesmen should know how to do <laughs> um so one time i was like i'm gonna learn how to tuft carpet another time it was like oh i i was in the middle of a um like helping clean out one of my friend's houses and she who probably also has ADHD 
was like, oh, I think we need a hardwood floor. And I, I was like, I don't know how to put in hardwood floor. You just We figured it out on YouTube. We were like, oh, well, that's going to be our thing now is we just like are just going to learn construction. <laughs> um, another thing right now, yeah. what I right now, my hyperfixation is um, I've been learning shorthand, which was like it's now kind of an, an old school handwriting method, but it yeah. looks like secret code. And it's from like the 40s or 50s. And a lot of my grandma's friends knew how to do it. But it looks like an alien wrote a note and like it doesn't look it's not wow. anyway how, i decided how did that, that come up i saw a, a video somewhere of someone doing it and i was like that looks like secret code i have to learn how to do that so now okay. that's my, my thing um, gotcha so it could be like you see something online and like that sparks my interest or it could be somebody like needing something like a new hardwood floor and that'd be like that sparks my interest now to solve this problem it can just kind of pop up at any time anywhere and at any time. you don't really know what's going to catch your catch your eye. I certainly didn't realize I was going to learn how to like build a floor. No, I right. didn't know that day. <laughs> and that I, I once right. we got there, I was like, oh, well, now that I know how to do this, why not learn how to do the other thing? And then for three gotcha. weeks, I was like, oh, I could learn how to build a house. But I mean, the whole thing with ADHD is that we either have it's something with dopamine. Some people say we we don't have enough dopamine. Some people say we do have enough, but it doesn't process the same way. Um, and dopamine is that like feel good drug, the feel, feel good hormone. Right. And so we're constantly chasing new dopamine. We just want to find a new way to get ourselves to probably like just a normal amount of feeling good. But for us, it feels like ecstasy because it's, it's so abnormal right. to our brains. And you and get so, it when you complete a task or a project because it's like a reward, like you've or when you find something. something or when you find something interesting. So okay. like even like just seeing something like tufting carpet, I was like, oh, that looks so cool. And that was enough for that was enough of a dopamine where I was like, well, now I have to keep this dopamine. I have to become an expert at tufting carpet. I have to learn how to tuft carpet better than anyone. I'm going to sell it on Etsy and I'm going to have a career and it's going to change my life. Gotcha. And, okay. And then a week later, the because now that you're doing it so often, it's becoming your norm. The dopamine's dying down, and then it's not interesting anymore. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I got so many questions because, first of all, you're fantastic at responding to my texts and being in communication <laughs> with me. So you are you are crushing that. Um, Thank you're you. obviously a very successful podcaster. You know, a New York Times bestseller. You you're doing these things. So what have you had to implement for yourself? Um, around, you know, having ADHD, whether it's, you know, help with time management or certain your favorite tools, like what kind of things have you been doing? So I'm very lucky that everybody I work with also has ADHD. Um, uh. and so <laughs> it works out very well because, uh, one of us is always experiencing some sort of because when you're constantly chasing a high of dopamine or because we're so bad at deadlines that one of us is constantly trying to, you know, cram something in before, you know, it's too late. One of us is always dealing with burnout. And so it's really easy to tell, you know, my co-host like, hey, I've been working on this thing and I, I'm just like, I need a mental health day and I... Or, I hey, can we record later in the day because I really need to take a nap? We're very big on naps um, at, at our podcast. So 
Um, I even yeah. tell the people who work for us, I'm like, if you're feeling sad, just go take a nap. Like, I know it's the middle of the day. Yeah. Just go take a nap and work on it later. Um, I love it. And because of that. Nap policy. So good. Nap Every, policy. Everybody needs a nap policy. Every company, please. Spread well, the word. especially the more I'm, I'm, you know, learning more through therapy about how capitalism is fucking with me. I'm just like, it must be fucking with everyone. So like, yes. just take a fucking nap at whatever time you need. I don't care how it gets done or when it gets done. As long as things get done, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it's actually like been very lovely and human and it feels like a more vulnerable workplace because we can all be open about our mental health. We can always say we're dealing with burnout. Um, you know, it's been really nice to know that because all of us have like weird sleep things that someone's always awake and doing some sort of work. And uh, we just, I think we, at least I'm talking for myself here. I'm, I feel like I'm trying to be more forgiving with myself of like, oh, if my, best hour to get my notes done is 2 a.m then like don't feel shame in that just you just right right like pat yourself on the back that you figured out what the best time for you is and it happens to be a time that you're always awake so um it's it's been very nice to not really need workarounds because i'm pretty openly direct about like (laughs) i am mentally ill please like this is how we're gonna do it Mm -hmm. um but it's also, like uh, everyone on my team, they're obsessed with Slack. The like the, yeah. I yeah. hate it. I don't know what it is. It overwhelms me yeah. to no end. And so I've just told people, I'm like, if you want to get a hold of me, I know this is counterintuitive, and I know this makes things technically more annoying. But if there's something I need to know that's going on in Slack, you're just gonna have to text me. Like I can't. It. it it's very overstimulating like there's so much going on you know it feels overstimulating to me and like i i know it's kind of annoying to be like oh can you actually send that thing twice because i don't feel like it but at the same time it's like i'm telling you my brain doesn't like it this way let's do it this way and if someone had an opinion like that then we would listen to them too so i appreciate that everyone is um open and nurturing that we work with so Absolutely. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What about, you know, I obviously <clears throat> have heard um yeah, struggles with like time blindness, right? Mm. Is an ADHD thing. Other oh, kind yeah. of, uh, you need maybe setting alarms is helpful. Any of those like kind of hack type stuff that you oh, yeah. do on a day to day basis would love to hear any slash all of them that you want to yes. share. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, this is not, this is a kind of finishing answering a previous question while also answering this question. But one of my personal favorite hacks, well, because one of my favorite things about ADHD is because I have all these hyperfixations, I've weirdly built like a catalog of skills. So mm-hmm. I have like all these weird hobbies that I don't end up doing anything with. But you know what? If someone ever needs a carpet tufted. Yes. I will make I'll- sure I need that at some point in my future. <laughs> so come over and tuft my fucking carpet. <laughs> That sounds like a like it could be like your hinge bio or something. Come tuft my carpet. 
Um, I, but there's like so many things that I know how to do for no reason, or there's like random trivia I know for no reason. So, uh, just to, to find the good in ADHD is, uh, this is kind of a, um, controversial take. Some people don't see it this way. Other people do, but some people call ADHD a superpower when Mm. it's, when it's treating them well, because the amount of skills that someone with ADHD has is crazy because we're all learning new skills to keep with this dopamine rush and to keep chasing the high. And so most people, when they're really crafty and they like, they have all these weird abilities. I'm like, do you have ADHD? It's kind of like Gaydar where I'm like, what's going on here? Like you, (laughs) right. You got to be neurodivergent in some way. Like, right. um, And so uh, anyway, so one of the things that I do is not really a brain hack, a kind of a brain hack. When I'm feeling really down about ADHD, I have a list on my phone of like all the skills I've developed because of it. And so I, mm. I try to remind myself that it's not all bad. Um, and most of the time, I mean, I really just harped on all the bad things about it. But most of the time I have a, a good relationship with my ADHD. I just get really bogged down when it's when I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Um, another brain hack more important brain hack is if you have ADHD and you just found out, listen up. Um, first of all, never, when you're doing tasks, never take your shoes off. That's a good one. Because the second you take your shoes off, you're feeling more relaxed and you feel cozy and cuddly and you don't want to do any work. Um, oh, interest. So keep your shoes on if you're Keep your working. shoes on. E- even if even you're in, in your, your own, own house. Home. Wow. Like if you need, okay. and not like those slides or slippers because that, that, that means cozy and you're at home and you're in relaxing mode. Get yourself yes. like indoor gym sneakers or something. And oh, it I makes you want to do this the- tip. This is so <laughs> it- good. <laughs> it makes you want to do the dishes. I don't know if it makes you want to, but if you're wearing sneakers, you can't accidentally just like fall into bed and like now you can't get up. Right. Um, you can't sit on the couch. A lot of people like won't put their shoes on it on the coffee table. Um it just it keeps you in the mindset of like, oh, while I already have my shoes on, I might as well do this one last thing. Oh, this one last thing. Um, like while I have my shoes on, I can run and go take the trash out. Um, so that's a good one. Another one is never sit down when you're trying to be productive because the second you sit down, it's over. It's always over once you sit down. It's like, oh, well, now oh, now I have to think about getting up, you know. Right. And right. that seems so silly. But there are times when I'm on a roll, like I'm on the best cleaning spree of my life and I sit down for a second. Oh, my God. Then like three hours later, I like nothing's happened. There's no way to be productive once you find a good spot on the couch. Okay. Um, so those are two good ones. Also, because we're obsessed with dopamine, there is nothing we love more than a fun little treat. You got to have a, <laughs> a reward system. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I felt um, really not a lot of shame about but I felt weird about it I felt like I always had to preface it at in the beginning when I'd be like okay I know this sounds like something a five-year-old would say but um I need a reward system I need a star chart I need a pat on the back I need praise and I did feel shame around that originally until now I'm waking up to capitalism and there's like who said that adults don't deserve praise like right just because you go to an office and your boss doesn't appreciate you means that like i'm weird for wanting 
a pat on the back when I do something good, even if it's small, like we're human beings and deserve Absolutely. deserve compliments. The reward system thing is just great for everybody. For I everybody. mean, we, yeah, we should really be rewarding ourselves or celebrating wins, no matter how big or small or medium they are. I mean, yeah, that's just that's what makes life fun. Yes, is, exactly. Is and joy. So, <laughs> so I yeah. used to I used to say like, oh, I you know I feel like a little kid asking for compliments or asking for a pat on the back, but now I just say like. I did something good and I deserve praise and you know I love it. And so I love a fun little treat. I love telling myself like once I do this task, then I get to go get a coffee or like right, right. once I've done this, a lot of people in school like they'll put um like candy on each page of their textbook so it's like after every time I read a page I get to eat a piece of candy. Every time I read a page. Ah. So just constant small motivation, you know, rewards is very helpful oh absolutely um, what what else uh oh another great one is um again society has told you that things need to go in a certain place in your home that's bullshit you can design your own home however you need it yes and put things in your home where you need them not where like the world says they need to be but like where you actually need them so one of my friends with adhd uh she has you know you're supposed to put like your nail clippers and your tweezers and everything in the bathroom she keeps hers under the couch because every time she's on the couch that's where she thinks oh i really got to get that nail later and so she just keeps her nail clippers under her couch and it seems like i love that it's just brilliant ways to make things smarter not harder or yes um, I also have a similar one where I call it my pocket packet and I have a little tiny, tiny like wallet sized bag of like a mini floss, a mini toothbrush and toothpaste and a mini nail clipper. And I have it in my car because always when I'm on the highway or in traffic, I'm like, oh man, like I'm going to get that nail when I get home or, oh, I really wish I had floss right now to get that thing out of my teeth. And again, the world has said you have to brush your teeth right when you wake up and right when you go to bed. But when you have ADHD, you forget all the time to brush your teeth. So in the moments where you remember, right, you better ha- just have a toothbrush there because you might not remember again for a while. So, gosh, I um, love this. This is so good. These are just great tips for everybody. I feel like even people like <laughs> experiencing just you know burnout or like caregiver burnout or like any of those yeah. things too. It's like. You're just, uh, you just need everything very accessible, very easy. You might all the need time. a lot of different spots where you have a toothbrush or deodorant hidden all over your place, oh, depending yeah. on what corner you're in when you remember something. So I love this. Keep going. I just want to, I want to <laughs> give you a reward and a pat Thank on the back you. for having amazing Trust tips. Me, <laughs> I, my brain is totally, totally receiving that. I, uh, but no, I mean, it's so useful because, uh, one of the things that I had to unlearn was like giving myself shame that like, I don't brush my teeth or I don't remember to, as soon as I wake up in the morning, it's like, well, as long as you're brushing your teeth, it doesn't matter what time of day. Like if you remember at two in the afternoon, go brush your fucking teeth. And so now I just always have a toothbrush on me. I always have one in my pocket. I always have one in the car. So whenever the the moment strikes, I can't say, oh, I'll do it later because later never comes. I'll never remember. Um, and so things like that, just making things more bite-sized and accessible, like you said, um, another big one, uh, especially for ADHD people, because we still struggle with object permanence. Um, if you're buying food, don't 
ever, ever put them in the drawers of the fridge because that is that that doesn't exist anymore. Now that Just, you can't see it, my there's a mind over matter issue for us. So, um, so they're like out of sight, out of mind. If that's what it you is, can't not, see not it. mind over matter. You can see, yes. yeah, if you can't see it, you're you forget it exists. And does that that's, expand to other things too, like tasks or relationships or whatever? Oh yeah, as well. Okay. Oh, totally oh my god so um one of another one of my friends with adhd um she deals with a a lot of stress because um her parent recently passed away Mm -hmm. and she often just forgets that her that there was a death and like and then it it she remembers it and all of a sudden she has to relive the trauma all over again or she'll wow. deal with like oh i should have texted or called and i guess it's like times 100 because she already wasn't texting or calling and so now she's got this new additional relationship shame of like you know all they ever wanted to do was talk to me and 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 i could never just pick up the phone to say hi um but there no there's totally an out of sight out of mind thing i mean if I don't see my toothbrush, I forget to brush my teeth. So that's why I've always got one with me now. Because if I don't accidentally stick my hand in my pocket and realize I've got a toothbrush, I won't remember to brush my teeth. Um, so it's all the time. All the time. If it's not in front of you, you're not going to remember. So don't you dare put anything in the drawers of the <laughs> fridge or you won't see it again until it's completely molded. It's disgusting. Yeah. I've been there. Um, uh, what else? Uh, oh, doom boxes have you heard of doom boxes no oh my gosh please share everyone needs a doom box like i'm saying all these things for the adhd listeners but just in general if you're listening great life hacks i am loving this (laughs) thank you yes um so doom boxes is a term in adhd world it is uh because we struggle with clutter we struggle with organization we struggle with cleaning cleaning oh my god like i I can't it's like pulling teeth Mm. um especially like laundry, you know, like the classic, like a pile of clothes on your chair. Yeah. When you have ADHD, the pile on your chair is usually an entire room of clothes. It's just a big pile. And the idea of putting them away is so overwhelming. It just never happens. Yeah. Um, so a doom box is uh, a box that you give yourself permission to just put all of your shit in. Like, so it's a way to keep your room clean so that way your partner doesn't kill you uh it's like that way they can also have a clean environment but you can have one messy spot i'm very lucky that we live in a two-bedroom apartment and my partner has given me permission to the whole second room is a doom box like which is this room but uh it's uh there's just there's just so much clutter all the time and the idea of cleaning it is like you might as well ask me to like climb a mountain so um I just have a big ass Tupperware box that when things get too crazy I just put it all in the box and then I give myself permission to not go through it until the box is full and that way that way it also feels more bite-sized because you only have to clean up a box instead of your room you know yes I love this so uh, the the concept of the the doom box I'd imagine people have all kinds of different sized boxes right like Mm -hmm. like a wooden chest versus a drawer somewhere versus a whole room and it's just whatever your space can you know whatever capacity that you have give yourself some kind of designated area for exactly the doom you have a doom doom. you you have a doom room (laughs) you have a doom I do I love that okay Uh, good I was gonna say (laughs) uh, it's uh it's it's really just 
because I leave my clutter all over the apartment. So, and my partner gets really overwhelmed at clutter. That's which is we're meant to be, obviously. Um, and so when she gets really overwhelmed, she has permission too to just throw everything in here because she knows that I don't mind the clutter. Right. Um, and so as long as the rest of the apartment looks spotless, she does not care what this room looks like. So I'm very lucky in that way. Um, but yeah, everyone needs a doom room, at least so a doom good. box. Yes. So good. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think of any last minute things. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll land end on this one. Otherwise I'll keep going forever. Um, so I feel like I have to make things fun for myself. Like, uh, especially as I'm like constantly chasing a high of like feeling good, things have to always be a little special or a little unique for me to like be to grab for me to gravitate towards it more. Mm. Um, and so a lot of tasks seem really boring unless I put a fun spin on it. So uh, one of the things that I forget to do all the time with ADHD that makes it like a quote silent killer in my mind is like, I forget to take really important health medications. Like, Mm. oops, that's a problem. Um, And so to make taking medication more fun, I don't say, oh, I have to go take my pills. I just say, oh, I have to go to the apothecary. I love this one of yours. So good. it's so I now good. have and my I, own apothecary now. Because do you really? You. <laughs> oh, see, it's, it's happening. Good. It's spreading. It should um, spread. <laughs> and so I actually made a whole thing where I was like, I'm not going to have like just all my medications just like strewn about or my vitamins strewn about. I'm going to get really pretty like Etsy old school apothecary bottles and I'll label them on the bottom. So I, you know, I'm not mixing up medications, but it just looks like a fun little apothecary. And I have a whole apothecary set now with a bunch of bottles everywhere. And it looks like it's got like tinctures and elixirs from like the 1800s. And it just makes it so much more fun of like, oh, I have to go to the apothecary. And visually it looks like one. So it's just these little things where I'm like, make the bad things, good things wherever you can. So um, like I have a hat rack uh, in our closet and I, constantly struggle with even just putting my hat on the rack or like hanging my clothes up so instead of hanging my clothes up I say like oh I have to go to the haberdashery like it's just just to make it fun so I got myself a sign that says haberdashery on it and like it looks all old-timey so it's it's one of those other side effects of ADHD where your house just kind of looks like a really weird fun land because there's just (laughs) things everywhere encouraging you to try to have a normal life yeah Um, i feel like this episode should just be called how to make life more fun because that's basically what you've been doing i mean yes it's (laughs) it's out of a necessity but like this is just a great way that anybody can bring more fun and joy into their days yeah i mean talking as someone who is constantly chasing a feel-good hormone take my advice if you would like to feel good you know like Like i'm doing it every day Oh my gosh. So good. So I've been in a relationship with more than one person who's neurodivergent and mm-hmm. uh, you're, you've been in a relationship for many years. What are some things that you both have implemented, you know, together or separately um, to accommodate each other? Obviously the doom room. Great. Is there mm-hmm. anything else like being in a relationship with somebody who is not neurodivergent? Right. Or mm. so, yeah. Any tips for that? It's, it's a, um, it's a very big, uh, I guess, like, that's a big part of the wheelhouse is, like, having to deal with your ADHD without 
getting in the way of other people to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nice to have someone who's like an additional support or even maybe even like a helpful caregiver. But I also don't want to ruin her own home environment because I've got like neon signs that say haberdashery everywhere, you know? So like, (laughs) um, so it has been, or it was a struggle. We've, we've kind of cozied into a nice space, but we even went to therapy for it because, uh, one of my issues, because I have a really hard time with self-care tasks that includes things that are, um, you know, they invade her space. Like I wasn't doing dishes. I wasn't cleaning. I wasn't sweeping. I was, you know, if I spilled something and I forgot about it 30 seconds later, I would never go clean it. So it was, it became a really, um, it was almost like a, a form of weaponized incompetence of like, Oh, well I can't, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do these basic tasks that you you know it was taking away from her right to have her own home and her own space without without feeling like a babysitter um and so we ended up going to therapy for that i don't know if the therapy really worked but the one piece of advice that she did give us because i kept saying i really need rewards which feels so stupid in in the moment cuz i'm like oh well i'm not even able to carry my weight in this relationship and now when i start doing the bare minimum i need you to pat me on the back like it felt really like I was being patronizing and like it it felt really gross, but um, luckily I have a partner who understood where I was coming from and I did want to be helpful, but I also crave a motivator even in the smallest things. So, um, and I also like to think that I give her just as much praise for doing the small things as I would like to get when I do the small things. So it's not like only one of us is being praised for doing really nothing. Um, but for me, doing the dishes is a lot harder than for her. It's It com- comes more naturally for her to, to have to do things like that. So yeah. I said, like, the only way that I can be helpful is if we do, like a five-year-old, we, like, have a star chart. Or um, I think there was a vagueness originally in our relationship of, like, oh, well, we're a team. So if you see that the dishes are dirty, just do them along the way and we'll help each other out. And eventually it'll all even out that way. Um, what I needed was strict rules of if you don't do this, nobody's doing it. So I had to ask her to kind of relinquish her tasks that she was doing. So that way it fell on me to give me, um, essentially a checklist. Cause I do love a checklist where you can like check things off, you know, or yeah. scratch things off throughout the day. Oh yes. Um, oh, so satisfying. So satisfying. So. <laughs> so we ended up divvying up. We wrote down every single chore that has to happen. Um, and we divvied them up to which ones were more easily accessible for me or things that didn't feel like such intense mountain climbs. And uh, it ended up being that like I do most of the chores now, which is weird. But uh, it, I think once I realized like, oh, if I'm doing this, first of all, if you have your shoes on, you refuse to take them off. You can do a lot of things pretty fast. Right. Um, so... If I just put my indoor sneakers on, I then all it. of a sudden I can take out the trash. I, one thing I refused to do was the dishes. That one just really overwhelms me all the time. Um, so I was like, I won't take out the trash, but I'll do this. And we ended up 50-50ing it into its own chores. But one of the things that helps me, another brain hack, is because things feel so daunting all the time and things feel really overwhelming. Like, oh, if I'm cleaning, that's that that's such a an open window that could take me three hours. It could take me 
all day. One of the things that I do now is instead of thinking about it in long bites and long non-bite-sized moments, right. um, I'll just try to relay race with myself and I'll like play a song and it's like, just see how much you can get done during the song. Like just yes. see how much you can do in three minutes. And usually by that time, I it's kind of like what what's in motion stays in motion. Once you've already done a lot of stuff within three minutes and you've seen how much can get done in just three minutes it's already the motivator I needed to keep going um so instead of thinking about it as a whole day thing I just think about it as a three minute thing and it's it's been very helpful I can officially say that I can sweep my entire apartment before Taylor Swift's all too well ends Um, (laughs) incredible which, which means less than 10 minutes so uh it's it's a lot easier to have a partner who's willing to work with you and write down lists and she's had to be on her own journey because words of affirmation are not her thing and uh, she has had to learn how to give more praise um so it's not just something i struggle with it's become a team effort to do daily check-ins and see where we are and all that stuff yeah i like this uh this kind of gamifying of things to just make it you know uh to to have like a boost of motivation and then you know you kind of can keep that momentum going i think that's just really smart gamifying um, things is is truly if you can turn anything into a game i have so much more success at getting anything done that way so right right i know that when i think when uh when we first met i'm i thought i had adhd for a little while and mm-hmm. i actually found out that um because i saw somebody about it and i had such extreme anxiety that my anxiety was kind of looking like adhd a little bit so i think that's really interesting because we kind of talked about all the things that you know, you thought uh, what was going on with you, but it was ADHD. I thought I had ADHD and something else was going on. And now, you know, <laughs> years later, now I understand why, like, I was so anxious and, you know, things have been kind of troubleshooted in, in those areas. Um, but I think it's just like, yeah, really finding what you actually have going on is so important because yeah. if I had, um, you know, maybe sought treatment for ADHD, which was not the right thing, I don't know if I would have been feeling better. And like for you, vice versa, like if you had gone some, you know, down some other path thinking it was something else, you may have not found all these incredible tips and tools that have really, you know, helped you and changed your life. So I think that's just really, uh, you know, it's just get, get figuring it out. Figuring it out yeah. can suck. It can be a journey, but <laughs> can be very uh, rewarding. Um, I would love to just touch on this um, this concept that I heard about, and maybe this this is kind of interesting when you mentioned like capitalism and stuff. We don't have to follow these rules and all that, but the kind of like evolutionary aspect of people with an ADHD brain of mm-hmm. where, like I've heard like they were maybe considered like you know, back in the day, they were like the hunter types and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. So it, it could make sense that maybe you're, you're awake at three in the morning. Maybe you are protecting your family from getting eaten by somebody or whatever. Right. Like, right. do you have any, right. anything to say about that concept around all this? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, as far as I know, I thought it was a theory, but the more I read on it, maybe my algorithm is like leading me into more of that kind of stuff so i can't tell anymore if it's a theory or if it's if it's fact okay. but my my understanding is that at least a theory at least a very solid theory is that one of the reasons that people with adhd have so many sleep issues is because before there was a nine to five and there wasn't really 
those kinds of rigid rules around when you sleep and when you wake up is because uh, people used to be, uh, there used to be people who would stay up during the day and go to sleep at night, which are the people who thrive a little better and a a little easier these days. There were also people who stayed up at night and slept during the day. And I guess the concept at the time was that whoever was awake while the others were sleeping, they were the protectors of the community and keeping watch while the other people were asleep. So that way there was always somebody watching out for you. Um, Fascinating. And so a lot of people who were people who stayed up at night or did their best work at night and were the most alert around then, I think um, either there's some something genetically that's passed through to their descendants and those people now have ADHD um which is interesting because if that's the case then it kind of breaks the mold of like what's a diagnosis is it just a random label that we give people now because it doesn't align with a normal day-to-day function in 2023 right if we didn't have the nine to five would I have the label of ADHD or would I just be someone who stays up at night Exactly, because this is all constructed. I mean, the whole nine to five and, you know, all that. It's like, we made this shit up. What is this, exactly. like industrialism or something, right? Like, yes. this wasn't always here. So, yeah. yeah Thanks, I think that's Henry Ford. <laughs> I guess I, I fucking have an illness now because I like the moon. Like, it's like, I yeah, yeah. I feel like um, there's also a phrase called biphasic sleeping, which is has been very useful to me and I'm very aware that I am in a privileged position where I get to do this and not a lot of people do. Um, But uh, biphasic sleeping is instead of having a one eight hour window where you sleep because most people like us sleep eight hours, (laughs) not me, (laughs) but uh, instead of sleeping your usual eight hours, biphasic sleepers actually sleep twice. And it's essentially like instead of doing eight hours of sleep, 16 hours awake, you do four hours asleep, eight hours awake, four hours asleep, eight hours a week. And so it's pretty much like living two days in one. Um, But it's essentially living off of long naps instead of having a full sleep. And I am someone who has really thrived with that. And I wonder again, if capitalism and nine to fives weren't a thing and we could just all adjust our sleep schedule to whatever comes naturally to us, I think a lot more people would realize that they're biphasic sleepers Um, because I feel so much more energized after just a period of rest, believe it or not. And so to have multiples of those is very useful. And there are times in the day where I really thrive and there's times at night where I really thrive and in between I, I sleep and yeah. Um, it's just one of those things where I wonder if that's also evolutionary and, you know, people just before there was a nine to five, people didn't sleep eight hours a night. So right. I think that I'm just falling back more into like a, a natural phase without going by what society says, because I'm lucky enough to be my own boss so I can pick when I sleep. And like I said, I'm very pro nap with my whole team. So, um, I don't know. I think it's just falling back to the way things were and it it's a more natural way for me. But yeah, if you're if, if people are interested, I would look into that. Oh my gosh. This has just been so fascinating. I could literally talk to you for 13 hours. And we have done that. We have. We have. <laughs> we have. We have. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you think is especially important for people to know about ADHD? Anything that you want to leave people with, basically, and then where can people find you, your work? your podcast, all the amazing things that you do. Uh, well, uh, let me think one last a takeaway for ADHD. Uh, 
I think the only thing I would say, because I have been learning this on my own, so let me pass on some five-minute-old wisdom, um, is to give yourself grace and to be uh, compassionate towards yourself. Because, like I said, I have had to deal with a lot of like harbored anger because if the world worked out differently or I was diagnosed earlier, then things might be different. But that's also... Um, that's some shame that I'm holding on to that isn't my fault. And if I were a time traveler, things might be different, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So maybe just be kind to yourself and you are allowed to have what I call FLTs, fun little treats. So every time you do something <laughs> that makes, it. no matter how hard it was, if it was actually climbing Mount Everest or if it was washing a dish, you deserve an FLT. Uh, and where you can find me, well, you can physically find me in an hour at Delaney's house because we're going <laughs> out after this. But uh, other than that, you can find my podcast, and that's why we drink on all listening platforms. Uh, our handle is ATWWD Podcast. My personal handle on social media is The M. Schultz. And we have a book called A Haunted Road Atlas where you can get it in all stores, but uh, we encourage uh, small businesses. So. Um, thank you so much. You are just so generous with your information and uh, I can't wait to see you in, in real life in a few minutes. Thank you for letting me ramble and ramble and ramble. So, and, and if it wasn't too much, please um, have me back. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> My gosh, what a stacked episode full of simple takeaways. Big thank you to M for all of that good stuff. Be sure to check out M's podcast and that's why we drink. And for today's quick little segment, I will share a hot tip that I've been really enjoying. I love using the YouTube art for your TV screen. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you pull up YouTube on your laptop or TV or whatever and search for TV art, you can find the loveliest backgrounds with music. There's nature ones, pretty interiors, coffee shops, themed ones for the holidays. This is something I use just about every day. And... It's just a nice, simple way to create a little ambiance in your home. Like, I wish I lived on a lake or river or in an enchanted forest somewhere, but I don't. I'm in Los Angeles. Lots of concrete, lots of neighbors, car alarms going off at 4 a.m. It's a real treat, really is. So this is how I pretend that I am living in the middle of nowhere with birds, raccoons, and chipmunks as my best friends. Um, but no, it's really nice. I highly recommend trying it out if you haven't. It can really feel like an extension of your living room, a window you're looking out into, you know, some beautiful scenery. You can trick people by selecting ones that look like paintings. So your TV actually looks like art on your wall. So anyway, you're welcome for this tip to anyone who lives in a city and wish that they didn't. All right. Um, we do have our iTunes review of the episode. This is from Hannah Silberman. And it says, uh, title says, both hilarious and informative. It says, what an incredible podcast. I recently had the chance to meet Kelsey Cook in Boston, and she truly is so down to earth. I initially found the Self-Helpless podcast when I was looking to find out more information on OCD. I came from the middle of Somewhere podcast, and the rest is history. Still hoping for Delaney to get back into stand-up too. Oh, this is so nice. Hannah, thank you for taking the time to leave that review. I really appreciate it so much. I sent this review over to Kelsey and uh, she is sending love right back to you. And um, although I will not be getting back into stand-up, at least not at this time or any time um, that I can foresee, um, I do have some some fun projects and stuff coming 
coming up this year. So I will keep everybody posted on how I'm kind of channeling my, you know, comedy writing and stuff into other other avenues. Um, but I appreciate that. That was very sweet. And you mentioned looking into OCD. We also did an episode with Brian Regan years ago, and he talks about his experience with OCD on that episode. So you might find it helpful as well. And I really want to do an episode um, about OCD with a specialist this year. So stay tuned for that one as well. And if you want to leave a review that gets read on the podcast, takes about a minute. It really means a lot. Um, it's another way that I can virtually interact with you on each episode. And to be honest, I don't even think it really helps the algorithm anymore. It used to be something that would help people find the show and and helps your podcast kind of get on different top charts and stuff. I don't think it does anymore. A lot of things in podcasting um, and with Apple and stuff has changed a lot. But I just really enjoy being able to speak directly to you when you leave a review. Also, I want to say if you've left a review and you haven't heard yours get read on the podcast yet, we are often recording four to eight weeks in advance. So just keep that in mind. It might take a month or two until you hear your review read on an episode. All right, everybody, uh, have a great rest of your day and I'll talk with you next week. Bye. Maybe I'm self Thank you for tuning in to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend, left an iTunes review, or feel free to post it on your Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast. Thanks, guys.